Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. We're now about to read Ezra chapter 9, and I want to make a few comments before I read it. It's a fairly brief chapter, but it's about intermarriage. And at first glance, it seems to say that the scriptures are against interracial marriage. The problem that's being addressed is not interracial marriage. The problem is that's being addressed is that Israel, contrary to the word of God, occasionally married people from other faiths that were not converts. In other words, in the scriptures, it's clear that a lot of very uh, godly other nationalities were brought into the commonwealth of Israel with full rights and privileges. You think of, um, for example, uh, Rahab the harlot, who was um, uh, in the city of Jericho. She was not a Jew, but she became one of the ancestors of Jesus because she was brought into the nation of Israel. You think also of Ruth. Ruth was a Moabite, and Moabites were prohibited from intermarrying with the Israelites, and yet Ruth was married to Boaz, and she also became an ancestor of Jesus himself. She was the great-grandmother of King David, and then later, um, after the flesh, an ancestor of Jesus. So the issue is not um, race. Another example, Moses married a Cushite wife. You may recall um, uh, that expression from the book of Numbers, and his brother Aaron and his sister Miriam uh, confronted him, but it was really about jealousy. It wasn't about the fact she was a Cushite. Cushite uh, could be a black woman. And so the, the issue was not race. The issue was religion. Uh, it was always a question of religion. And so when it talks about the Jews as a holy race, you can be a Jew from any race in terms of being a worshiper of the Lord, but you have to convert to Judaism. And therefore, you're accepted um, as a full full Jew with all the rights and privileges thereof. So let's read Ezra chapter 9, where they're dealing with this problem of intermarriage in the land with people from other faiths. After these things had been done, the leaders came to me and said, the people of Israel, including the priests and the Levites, have not kept themselves separate from the neighboring peoples with their detestable practices, like those of the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and Amorites. They have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons, and have mingled the holy race with the peoples around them. And the leaders and officials have led the way in this unfaithfulness. When I heard this, I tore my tunic and cloak, pulled hair from my head and beard, and sat down appalled. Then everyone who trembled at the words of the Lord God of Israel gathered around me because of this unfaithfulness of the exiles, as I sat there appalled until the evening sacrifice. Then, at the evening sacrifice, I rose from my self-abasement with my tunic and cloak torn and fell on my knees with my hands spread out to the Lord my God. And I prayed, I am too ashamed and disgraced, my God, to lift up my face to you, because our sins are higher than our heads, and our guilt has reached to the heavens. From the days of our ancestors until now, our guilt has been great. Because of our sins, we and our kings and our priests have been subjected to the sword and captivity, 
to pillage and humiliation at the hand of foreign kings as it is today. But now, for a brief moment, the Lord our God has been gracious in leaving us a remnant and given us a firm place in his sanctuary. And so, our God gives light to our eyes and a little relief in our bondage. Though we are slaves, our God has not forsaken us in our bondage. He has shown us kindness in the sight of the kings of Persia. He has granted us new life to rebuild the house of our God and repair its ruins, and he has given us a wall of protection in Judah and Jerusalem. But now, our God, what can we say to this? After we have forsaken the commands you gave through your servants, the prophets, when you said, the land you are entering to possess is a land polluted by the corruption of its peoples. By their detestable practices, they filled it with their impurity from one end to the other. Therefore, do not give your daughters in marriage to their sons or take their daughters for your sons. Do not seek a treaty of friendship with them at any time, that you may be strong and eat the good things of the land and leave it to your children as an everlasting inheritance. What has happened to us is a result of our evil deeds and our great guilt. And yet, our God, you have punished us less than our sins deserved and have given us a remnant like this. Shall we then break your commands again and intermarry with the peoples who committed such detestable practices? Would you not be angry enough with us to destroy us, leaving us with no remnant or survivor? Lord, the God of Israel, you are righteous. We are left this day as a remnant. Here we are before you in our guilt, though because of it, not one of us can stand in your presence. So, Intermarriage with pagans is a big problem, once again, because of their practices, because of their religious observance, because of their sexual deviations, because of many different things that were contrary to the laws of Israel. And so accusations are brought about intermarriage among the Jews. The leaders came to Ezra and said, the people of Israel, including the priests and the Levites, have not kept themselves separate from the neighboring people with their detestable practices. That's the key phrase. Not just the fact that they were neighboring people of other groups than the Jews, but they had detestable uh, practices contrary to Judaism. And so um, uh, they had taken some of the Jewish daughters for wives for themselves, and some of the Jewish sons had married their daughters. And therefore the scriptures say that they were mingled with the people around them, and it was a problem. Verse 3, when Ezra heard this, he said, I tore my tunic and cloak and pulled the hair from my head and sat down appalled. This um, this idea of pulling hair from your head is a position of mourning in Judaism. This was a cultural phenomenon back in that day. Remember, we we're talking 2,500 years ago. To pull your hair out is, is an expression we use sometimes when you're frustrated. But in this instance, it was a, um, a demonstration of mourning, sorrow. Verse 4, that everyone who trembled at the word of the God of Israel gathered around me because of the unfaithfulness of the exiles. And I sat there appalled until the evening sacrifice. So everyone is aware uh, it was brought to Ezra's attention. He was deeply moved and convicted that this was a big problem. And he begins to pray to the Lord. And there's a, a long prayer recorded in this chapter. It's really beautiful in many ways. But verse 6, he prayed, I am too ashamed 
and disgraced, my God, to lift my face to you, because our sins are higher than our heads, and our guilt has reached the heavens. Now, notice that expression. He was ashamed to lift his face to God. The position of prayer in that day was eyes open, face directed at heaven. It wasn't head bowed, eyes closed, which it is culturally with us, but it was head lifted, face lifted to heaven. And so he was too ashamed to even pray is what he was saying as he was praying. We continue, from the days of our ancestors until now, our guilt has been great. Because of our sins, we and our kings and our priests have been subjected to the sword and captivity, to pillage and humiliation at the hand of foreign kings as it is today. But now for a brief moment, the Lord our God has been gracious in leaving us a remnant and given us a firm place in his sanctuary. And so our God gives light to our eyes and a little relief in our bondage. Though we are slaves, our God has not forsaken us in our bondage. He has shown us kindness in the sight of the kings of Persia. He has granted us new life to rebuild the house of our God and repair its ruins. And he has given us a wall of protection in Judah and uh, Jerusalem. So a a long list of thanksgiving for uh, the restoration to the land. But he continues, but now, our God, what can we say after this? For we have forsaken the commands you gave. And he's talking about marrying into corrupt people in the lands and adopting their detestable practices and the specific prohibition of allowing their sons and daughters to marry into um, non-converted other people groups. And so in verse 13, we read, What has happened to us is a result of our evil deeds and our great guilt. And yet, our God, you have punished us less than our sins deserved and have given us a remnant like this. Shall we then break your commands again and intermarry with the people who commit such detestable practices? So notice again, the intermarriage is connected to the detestable practices, not skin color. Would you be not angry enough with us to destroy us, leaving us no remnant or survivor? Lord, the God of Israel, you are righteous. We're left this day as a remnant. Here we are before you in our guilt, though because of it, not one of us can stand in your presence. So, Lord, we recognize the need for being equally yoked, especially in marriage with people who have a like-minded faith. God, we pray that our sons and daughters, our children and our grandchildren, our brothers and sisters, would be full of faith and they would marry people full of faith. God, as a pastor, I have often counseled people that have unbelieving spouses It's a situation that can produce unending heartache over the course of a lifetime because the very thing that's the most important in the believer's life is not shared with the most important human in their life. And so the scriptures warn us not to be uh, married into this type of situation because the unbelievers can leave the believers astray. Lord, we pray for those people that are in such marriages now. Save the unbelieving spouse. And for those that are not yet married, Lord, put a hedge around the believers. Make them attractive to other believers. Make them unattracted to other unbelievers. Make them safe, God, from the ways of the world and the detestable practices for those around them. We pray these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. 
It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.